Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. We pray you are encouraged by today's message. For more information or to stay connected with what's happening at the river, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the River Claremont. Play action pass from my first service. Turn with me Mark eleven twenty two. You're gonna have to follow with me, Otto, or they're just gonna have to bring their own Bible. <laughs> Jesus, if you cut out that eight K, find that eight K, drop that thing down. Mark eleven twenty two through twenty four. Boy, that is just feeding back. Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. Somebody shout, Faith in God. Faith in God. Do you have faith in God? I mean, do you really have faith in God? Do you believe that God can do anything? Do you believe that God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think? Do you believe that God raises the dead, opens blind eyes, pours out miracles, throws the anointing in this generation? Do you believe that? Say amen. Then you're in the right crowd. Not only do we fend 50 degree weather, we also believe in the power of God. You are really tacking it up right now. Before the end of the service, you're going to find lifelong friends in here. Verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say, shout say. How do you say something? You open your mouth. We got quiet. People were like, no, no, no. I mean, I say a lot with my eyes. You say something with your mouth. The Bible says, when you say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, believe in your heart and do not doubt, you shall have whatsoever you saith. Think about that. Think about the power that is on the inside of every born again believer with the spirit of God within you. The same spirit that prophesied Christ, the same spirit that raised him from the dead, the same spirit by which every Old Testament prophet prophesied and prophesied is on the inside of you. Come on. So sometimes you got to stir that spirit man up. Sometimes you got to look your flesh in the eye and say, shut up flesh and let the spirit speak out. Come on. Sometimes you actually got to open your mouth though. What I want to deal with this morning is the power of our prayers. Our prayers, our prayers are powerful, but more often than not, you find quiet prayers in the church than powerful declaration prayers. Now, does God know your thoughts? Yes, the Bible says pray without ceasing in, Thess- without ceasing in Thessalonians. Boy, you got to put like a... A little breath in between ceasing and in Thessalonians. That's <laughs> my God. <laughs> That's where. <laughs> what did he say? I don't know. Grab your purse. <laughs> the Bible says, pray without ceasing in Thessalonians. That's fun. You say it three times fast publicly. Pray without ceasing in Thessalonians. Pray without ceasing in Thessalonians. Okay, I'm getting it now. All right. And what's that talking about? Obviously, it's not talking about you walk around every day of your life with your mouth, Father, thank you for this, 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 and audibly praying. It's talking about a relational prayer where you're open to the Spirit of God on the inside. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Anybody where bear witness of just that sensitivity of cultivating an openness to God has led you to hear His voice, and in leading His voice, you have gotten His wisdom on things around you. Amen? Thank God for that. Thank God for the still small voice of God. Thank God for every way that he leads us. Thank God for his word. But thank you for that. But there's power in our declaration. And oftentimes we allow ourselves to think about the fight, think about the battle, think about what we would like more often than we declare things. Or we go out in faith and believe for something and something comes contrary like what Pastor Jeff was just talking about. And our mind wants to speak out the negativity before we stay in faith and declare the truth. Amen. So I want to talk to you this morning about declaration in your prayer. Where is your prayer life right now? I mean, are you at the point in your prayer life where if the pastoral staff of this church called you up and said, man, pray, we need a miracle to, to bring this person out of the hospital. Are you at the point where you'd be like, you don't even have to call another person. Think about this. Well, you are so confident God hears my voice. When I pray, I get results. I got a mile-long page that I can tell, tell you of everything that Lord, the Lord has been doing in my life, and I will get results. If you believe that your prayer is heard, then you understand the value of prayer. And too often times we don't. It's a, last, it's a last resort. It's what we do afterwards. It's what we do to pray ahead of time about what we're about to go through. But there's power in the church today. And I feel like there's been such a, 
a cloaking of the voice of faith in this hour mixed in with all the intelligence of man and the throw down your throat to be politically correct and jam it down your throat to have wisdom. But all of that, shake it off and realize the wisdom of man is foolishness to God. I don't need the wisdom of this world. I need the power of God in this generation. We need the glory of God to shake a nation one more time. We need to see breakthrough in our lives with everything turning around, every inflation, everything going around. President that doesn't know he's the president, but at least he speaks in tongues. It's been prophesied for many years that we would have a tongue-talking president. It has happened, people. It just wasn't exactly the package you were hoping for. In the midst of all of that, we need powerful people to prayer. I'm calling this church to a greater level of prayer. I'm calling this church to a greater level of realizing that when things come down the pike, it is your job to open your mouth and pray with every one of us that God would shake this nation one more time, that God would bless this church family, that God would bring up every church person in this church struggling with something, may it be broken off of their life in the name of Jesus. There's power in your prayer, Amen. I remember years ago, and I think I hit this, I remember talking about this a while back. When we first came here with all the storms going on, I had to cultivate where I would just speak things out. And it would take a little while. You know what I'm saying? When you're really going through a fight, it's not like it starts out right away, super potent, super powerful prayer. You know what I'm saying? It's like you kind of like warm up. You know, God, I thank you for a hot dog on your way to a filet mignon. So I remember doing this at the pool because we had a pool and I would walk around the pool over and over and over again and I would just declare things out. I mean, from the nation to personally, to my family, to every area. And I would just keep praying and keep praying and just keep speaking things out. Father, I thank you for your presence in the river. I thank you, Lord, you're turning this nation around. I thank you, God, for miracle signs and wonders. I thank you for boldness. I used to go through a list. I would pray every single day and I need to get back to it because I haven't done it in a while. But I used to start with, Father, I thank you for the glory of God that is upon my life, that it guards my mind, that it surrounds my life, that the glory of heaven would cause me to be, be where I need to be. And from that glory, I thank you for boldness in my life. Come on, church. We need bold believers again. Amen. People say, well, you're bold. We're all bold in various degrees, but we're not bold enough yet. Father, give us a holy boldness, and I'd pray for wisdom, then I'd pray for favor, then I'd pray through breakthrough, then I'd pray through finances, and I would go through it just over around, round, round my pool, praying and declaring things, and after a while, I began to realize that my neighbor would always hang out by his pool when I was praying, and he would sit there first, he was just snipping trees and stuff, you know, and kind of leaning over and watching me and stuff, then before long, it was like he was out there every day, and he didn't even have the shears, he was just like watching me <laughs> felt like shouting at him you know then I try and slip it in as I'm praying father and I think you that that neighbor that's watching me right now <laughs> then he run in the house why was he watching me because it was cool no I stumble over words you guys are around me enough I mean God when I start talking fast I thank God that he understands what I mean it's not that it's poetic. It's not that it's amazing. It's that he recognizes that it is rare to hear someone declaring something with power and authority anymore. And so he would surround, he would come out there at the same time just to hear that. There's power in your voice. You have to vocalize your authority. Amen. Parents, you know this. Who in you has kids, you know? And what happens with the kids in the house? And they start playing and then they get in the fight and all of this stuff. You start seeing it before it happens, you know. They're pulling on this thing. They're going to fall. This is going to knock over. That's going to fall. You're going to shatter that. And you're like, you can sit there quietly knowing all of these things are about to happen. And let it happen. Or you can do what? You can exercise the parent voice. You know the parent voice because it starts out, guys, stop. Guys, stop. Guys, guys, seriously, stop. Someone's going to get hurt to before long. Stop, man. I've said it once. I'll say it a thousand times. You have to exercise the voice. It's like when the kid's not listening, you've, you've tried. You tried. I mean, you tried to have that peaceful Christian voice, but devil, it's over with now. From now on. 
Listen here, man! <laughs> I'm done with you, man. I, I, I pick up the South African from my wife, you know. Just as a sidebar note, I, I was too honest with you guys and told you how I used to push her buttons so that she would get South African with me. She's now learned her lesson, and when I try and push the button, she keeps American. And I'm like, babe, <laughs> give me the South African woman. <laughs> so now I'm going to be too honest again. Now I get my kids, and I'm like, Emma, do this, do this. Get the, because she still does it for the kids. I listen here, man. I'll summa clap you, man. That's right, baby, summa clap. I don't know what it is, but I'll take two. How do you flirt with your wife? Apparently, mine's probably not the healthiest of ways, but at least she's happy, you know? Who, what spouse, how, tell the truth, spouses. How many of you do that? You kind of throw the little breadcrumbs just to get a little fire out of your spouse from time to time. But people are nervous to raise their hands. I mean, people are like, Quiet prayers are more common than vocal prayers, and that's a problem. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 says, No one can know a person's thoughts except the person's own spirit, and no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. You have the Spirit of God on the inside of you, but throughout the beginning of time, or, or yeah, beginning of time with mankind, God has always revealed himself to mankind and given man the power to speak things out. You ever read creation, how the Lord spoke everything to existence, but then he caused all the animals to pass by Adam so that Adam could declare a name over them. So from the beginning of time, as soon as man was made, God has a plan, God has a strategy, but all of it was to give mankind dominion over planet earth, and then he placed his breath on the inside of us that we would speak. Now before I get any further, I want to say this. Do you realize that there has never, ever, ever been a contest between God and the devil. That God has never once lost sleep. He's never pulled out hair. God is not up there half-bald, gray-haired because of what Lucifer has done. God is not in worry. God is not in fret. He looks down at us, and any worry or any fret you bring, God says, cast it away because it has no place in a child of God. Is my promise in you? Yes, then you will have everything I declare you will have. So we get in this mindset of this war-based, everything stressed out. What I'm talking to you about is declaration prayer that comes from the side of authority. That comes from the side of, I'm not yelling at the devil, I am declaring to the devil where he cannot move. I'm not yelling at the circumstances and complaining, I'm literally changing my life by opening my mouth and declaring the word of truth. There was power in my tongue, and I declare this is the word of God, and I will see it come to pass in Jesus' name. If I'm stirring you up this morning, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Now listen up. The devil is not all-powerful. He isn't all-powerful, and he doesn't know everything. So to every Christian out there that goes through that fight of, well, the devil's really coming after me right now, he's not most likely coming after you because he's probably somewhere in Washington, D.C. right now. <laughs> Just full of it today, guys. I spent all week with the Amish. Their naughty ways got in me, guys. up there eating their whoopie pies and drinking way too much coffee. The devil is not all powerful. He doesn't know anything until you tell him it. So don't open your mouth and tell him every problem so that he knows what's going to continue to give you issues. Open your mouth and declare the authority that God has placed in you. Declare the word of God. Declare it over this nation. Declare it over friends. Declare it over those going through stuff. You say, how do I pray for people? Pray the word of God over people. Speak it out and declare it in this hour. We have to stir ourselves up because I'm telling you, there is a plan. The plan is destruction, but there is a greater plan, and that plan is that God will have the last laugh. And one more time, we will see a glorious revival shake the nations of the world. And I believe it's in us. So you have to vocalize your authority and speak things out. 
Maybe up till now you've put up with a lot of things going on in your, in your marriage. You put up with things going on in your personal life. You put up with things going on in your body for too long. You put up with things going on in your mind and your emotional realm for too long. You've been counseled. You've been prescribed drugs. You have all of the things the world says, but the cycle hasn't broken because you've got to decide that as of today, every attack from hell, every lying voice, everything that comes against me, it is broken in the name of Jesus. I'm walking in authority. I'm walking in power. I have every promise of God. It is yes and amen in my life. You got to rise up sometimes and say enough is enough. I am blessed of the Lord. And I had a lot of revelation of that one time praying for my kids because every night my kids, they won't go to bed till dad prays for them, you know. You got to pray for them and then every night, you know, it's this whole long, you prayed longer for Emma than you prayed for me. So you got to time it. You know what I'm saying? You have to get it down. By this time in life, it's like Siri countdown, three minutes. <laughs> Father, I thank you right now for the name of Jesus. That... But I got to a point where I was praying. I'm praying health. And if you don't do this, you need to do this. I declare every day, Lord, I'm healthy. I have wisdom. I'm bold. I'll be where I need to be when I need to be there. Amen. I'm protected. Every time I go away, every time we get in a car, we thank you for the angels of God surrounding us. There can't be a scratch on this car while I am in this car. If I fall off a bridge, I'll levitate in Jesus' name because the angels of God will bear me up, the word says. I say when I get on a plane, people are like, it's, it's shaky. I don't care. It can shake all at once, but it's going from plan A to plan B exactly on schedule. I'll walk out of this place and it will be well. Look at a person on a plane, they're nervous. Say, guess what? It's, you're going to be okay because I'm on this plane. And my dad loves me. And my dad won't let me go down. So this plane, if, it, if every engine breaks, the angels of God will carry it in and it'll be the smoothest flight you've ever had. Hallelujah. Man, but all these things coming against you, the more that comes against you, the better you've got to develop a voice of declaration. Stop dealing with it. Don't let it get in your mind. Just speak out the moment the things come. Speak out the opposite. Is Melissa in this service? Where's Melissa Lopez? She's probably up there directing. Melissa Lopez, years ago, I was in the traveling ministry, and people think this, this, this stuff doesn't work. I was in the traveling ministry, and a person came up to me in a church service, and they were complaining about Joseph Prince. Now, I don't know Joseph Prince that well. I've watched a few of his sermons. I never saw him say anything weird. I haven't read any of his books. He's got great hair, though. <laughs> Can we at least agree on this? You know what I'm saying? And so come to find out, they come to me and they complain. Joseph Prince has his own personal hairstylist. Can you believe that? First of all, who in here doesn't have a hairstylist? And if you don't have a hairstylist, I recommend you try and find one. No. True story. Like at the time, I didn't have a hairstylist. But out of my spirit before, I was like, yeah, that is, that is just, I can't believe a man of God would have a hairstylist. It came right out of my spirit. One day the Lord will give me my own hairstylist and they'll fly around with me too. Amen. Amen. And then the person just shut up and walked away. Well, we were here pastoring two, three weeks before Melissa walks up and says, who does your hair? And I said, I do. She said, I thought so. I mean, I'm just, just putting it out there, guys. Now she's been doing my hair. If you go back and look at what I looked like before Melissa, I looked like a homeless guy from New York City trying to look like a preacher. Thank God. Sometimes you just got to vocalize things and don't agree with the negativity and the lies of hell. How many times has someone came and brought, well, you know it's going to be bad if Biden gets in, and you know it's going to be tough because gas prices are going to go up, and you know it's going to, there's going to be a shortage this Christmas, and you're not going to have enough toys. You don't need any more toys anyways. You tripped over 12 on the way to church this morning. You know it's true. There's a room we don't talk about and we don't go into at our house. Put it in the room. What's that growling in there? I don't know. I don't go in there. Stay out of the room, you know? When friends come over, you're like, hey, what's that over there? To throw something in the room. And then when you can't find your kid in three days, you know. They've gone in the room again. I warned them. 
No, we have too much stuff. And we put too much value on things. And we put way too much value on what the world tells us to fear. And we put way too much value on what the world tells us to gear up for. And we put way too much authority in the things that when hunker down, Irma's coming. Irma better get here, bro. Y'all remember Irma? My gosh. Ermageddon. Irma getting there. Irma getting there. Bro, the whole world lost its ever-loving mind. I'm driving down the road in a neighborhood and I look over and someone strapped their patio furniture to their window. You got like flooring, flooring duct tape to a window. Everybody's leaving town. Irma comes and goes. All Irma did was help us with landscaping around here. I'm serious, it saved us thousands of dollars. We got a quote to remove a tree over there, $2,500. Irma cleared them all out. We didn't even have to get a permit. You know, we got one last tree over there. Either a hurricane's going to come or... People are like, no, don't pray that. You got to open your mouth sometimes and declare things. Recognize that just because everybody else might have something going on doesn't mean that that's what's going to go on in your household. Come on, do you believe that? Do you believe that God is on your side? Do you believe you can declare things supernaturally? God is with you. God is for you. God is throughout you. God goes ahead of you. There is nothing that you can face in this world that God is not prepared to see you through to the other side. But you got to stir yourself up sometimes. That makes me, takes me back to the point or years ago when I was reading. I've heard so many sermons on the storms of life, which there are storms in life. We all go through them. But... I remember reading that one time about the storm where they got in the boat and they went to the other side, and then they literally got in the boat and went right back to the other side. It's like, bing, bing. But as I read it, the storm arises, he rebukes it, we're all rejoicing, and the Lord simply said to me, he said, Caleb, this was never about the storm. The moral of this story is not the storm. The moral is simply go where I'm telling you to go and do what I'm telling you to do. And if a storm comes, it doesn't even matter because you've, I already declared you're going to the other side. You've got to open your mouth sometimes and declare things. Declaration is verbal expression of your authority as a believer. Do you believe the devil is subject underneath your feet? Do you believe you're the head and not the tail? Do you believe that the word of God is truth? Do you believe the spirit of God is on the inside of you? So if you have the word and you have the spirit and everything we read in this Bible that Jesus fulfilled and everything necessary was brought about by those ingredients, then what comes out of your mouth is going to be the fruit of your life. It's time to open up our mouths and pray. It's time to declare things over your family, over your life, over this region, over this church. It's time to set aside some moments of supernatural prayer. Man, I declare it. Amen. I feel it. I feel it. Every time I go into seasons when it's like, because the first service I was dealing with that deception in the, end, in the end times, that there was a time, and if you read the word, that they were so deceived, the leaders, that when Jesus came, Jesus died, Jesus rose from the grave, guards were there, they fell under the power, they saw it all witness, Jesus is alive, that dead people came back from the grave, the Bible says, and they were walking around the city. And still, dead people resurrected, walking through town. Jesus comes up, angels come, fall out as dead people. Still, they decided, let's just pay the guards and deceive people. So let me tell you what's happening in the world right now. That if a lie gets repeated long enough, people start to believe the lie. And then the lie has been perpetrated for generation to generation on the church of God to tell us to be quiet, that we don't count, that we don't matter, that we've lost it. But I'm telling you, enough is enough. It's time for the dad voice to come out from the church and say, no, we do not listen to the voice of, of, of foolishness. We listen to the voice of the Lord. Amen. And this is what will happen in this generation. Number one, you can rig every election you want to rig. You can raise every price you want to raise. You can collapse the dollar. You can bring about a disease. But you cannot tear down the church of Jesus Christ. We will rise above. Take the money away and our food multiplies. Take the light bill away and we will glow in the dark, baby. Take the boats away. We'll walk on water. We cannot be stopped. 
We are children of the Most High. He goes before us. He's on the inside of us. Everywhere we tread, the Lord is with us. You've got to stir this up right now. Because otherwise what's happening is you go to fight in the wrong arena. In the arena of social media and the attack and your, all this fight. Get this. When people have fully hedged their position in deception, a post is not going to deliver them. If they could witness Jesus is alive and still pay to deny, to deceive people, you're not going to break deception off of this generation with a post. It's not logic that wins. Let me tell you something. You cannot win in a logical debate with someone that says there's 31 genders. I just looked it up because I've heard a lot of numbers. I did confirm it is 31 genders. How are you going to win in any logical debate with that? There's 31 genders. Fine. Men can now be pregnant. Did you know that? Federal government has changed their position. The United States government that men can be pregnant. So I took a test this morning just to be sure. I've been feeling a little moody. Craving, craving, a, lot of, craving a lot of sweets and stuff. Putting on a little bit of extra weight. I didn't know. It was negative, but it may be a false negative, people. Because the cravings are real this time of year. Never been a pumpkin spice guy. Now, pumpkin spice. I mean, I might have turned over my man card. I don't know. And science backs me. I can have a baby if I want to have a baby. Try and stop me. How are you going to have a logical conversation with that person? Look at the blue wall. See the blue wall? It's white. I don't see white. I see blue. I mean, I may be offending people right now, but basically at this time, I can identify with whatever I want to identify as. Amen. So I identify as an illegal alien breaking into America right now. Christmas is going to be sweet this time of year. When Daddy Caleb gets a check, amen. Come on. When I need to go to the bathroom and the men's stall is full, guess what? I'm identifying as a lady right now because there's a lot of pressure somewhere. What? Their toilets will be cleaner too. I don't know. He, he speaks from experience there. I don't know. <laughs> you lobbed it up, bro. I had to take it. <laughs> apparently, now I don't know if this is entirely true, but apparently the whole mindset behind the transgender movement is because if you... Being a 38-year-old male attracted to little girls does something to a little girl and you go through mental training to identify yourself as a 17-year-old adolescent, you can no longer be identified legally as a sex offender because it's proven psychiatry and psychology and so you've identified us and that's the whole movement behind it. That's why we sit here and we're like, Hello, none of this makes any sense because it doesn't. It is just because perversion is so wicked in this day and age that to avert any legal decision against them, go through the process, drum up your past, identify something that you're not, and get away with whatever you want to get away with. Bro, you come in my house? 38-year-old dude identifying as a 12-year-old girl to touch my girl? You're going to find out that I identify as Rambo, Rocky, and every other night. This boy was raised in the 90s, okay? I got Bowie knives. I've been sharpening for 25 years, and I finally found what they're for. You say, but you might go to jail. That's fine. I'll preach till Jesus takes me home. I'll have a big church in prison. It'll be a great success. My crowd's going nowhere, man. And I think it's time the church speaks this out. Amen. 
I don't care what your psychiatrist has said you identify as. I can see by the scruff on your neck, you ain't no little girl. You come lurking around this place, we might take some of the parts away that identify you as a male. But just for the record, you're still not a girl. And put that in your pipe and smoke it. Jesus. No, I feel emboldened to hit this, the stupid lies. The political theater that is going on in this nation where truth is shoved aside as hate speech. Well, you need to hear it. <laughs> because you need the truth. Because the truth is what sets you free. But beyond that, I'm talking this in our own lives. Do not let that mindset, that weight, that heaviness enter into your home. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The blessing of God will be upon this house. It will be upon my neighborhood. That because I stake root in this neighborhood, this whole neighborhood will be blessed. The angels of God will walk up and down our streets. Every wicked agenda will be stopped, God. Everything the enemy has planned will come to nothing. He won't touch a hair of it. Every time he tries to steal, he's going to have to pay back sevenfold. That's the word of God. That's the truth of my life. That's the platform of my stance. Stand in the authority that God has given you. And realize there is an all-out hellish attack on this generation. But it's not going to affect your kids. And it's not going to affect your kids' kids. Because the blessing is to a thousand generations. Shake off the fear and the doubt. Where is this nation going to wind up? America may collapse from its own stupidity, but it doesn't mean that the blessing of God stops on your household. It just means you'll be set up with a new currency before everybody else, and you'll be blessed more than everybody else. If you believe it, shout amen. amen. Declaration prayer is powerful prayer. Matthew 16, 19, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. He's given us the keys. You have the authority, but you've got to exercise that right. Many years ago, I had a, I had a nice chainsaw. I drove into Orlando, had my truck, chainsaw was in the back. I didn't feel like climbing in the back of the truck and getting the chainsaw and putting it inside the truck to lock it because the chainsaw was kind of greasy. I was in nice clothes. It was a nice sight of Orlando. And so I let the, the chainsaw stay in the back. I go in and I have my bougie little cup of coffee. Come back, chainsaw's gone. Whose fault is that? I'm the one that had the authority to lock the thing away. I'm the one that had the power, but I was the one that chose laziness and inaction over action. And so from my own idleness and inaction, the enemy, the thief, was able to break in and steal. So you've got to stir yourself up and realize, man, devil, you will not have any access to my children, to my children's children, to my life, to my finances, to my career, to my livelihood in this hour in the name of Jesus. If I get cast aside for my career, when one door closes, God opens me another door. You cannot keep a child of God down. If you believe that, shout amen. He's with you. He's for you. He's about you and he's throughout you. Sometimes you got to open your mouth up and declare these things though. Amen. Is this okay? Are you happy right now? Did Pastor Caleb come back from Pennsylvania angry? No, I did not come back from Pennsylvania angry. I got to walk in the fall and drink coffee and eat really good food. For the record, I had the most anointed slab of cow. Wagyu porterhouse. Slap your mother fantastic. I called her on the phone just to slap her verbally. The devil is a thief, he's a liar, and he's a manipulator. And he will do that as long as you let him do that. You even take a person trapped in an abusive relationship. Man, that will go on and go on and go on as long as you allow it. You say, most people don't break out because they're afraid to sever. You don't need abuse in your life. You don't need lies in your life. It does not benefit you in any way. The quicker and the faster you rise up, take the authority and walk out, you will find out that God will be with you and he will make a way for you. Don't give way to the devil. He'll try to kill you no matter what the cost. He will try and do whatever he can to break your resolve. He will do every attack against you. And when he can't get to you, 
unfortunately, tries to get the people close to you. I've seen it in my own personal life. You're prayed up, you're stirred up, everything's going great. The devil can't find a way, and then someone close to you goes through a battle that you feel deep in your heart. Been going through that with several people lately here in the church. As a pastor, you wind up living like that. It's like, thank God that God is with me because I feel the emotional things that other people go through, and sometimes it's like you lose sleep fighting for people. People are in real battles. People need a real church. They don't need a church that lends its voice to gossip. They don't need a church that lends their voice to complaining. They don't need more doubt and unbelief whenever they get around this church. They need people full of faith and power. They need someone from the ushers to the kids care worker to the camera operator to the person right here handing out the communion that when you ask them to pray, they grab your hand and they pray with authority and they power. We need a place. Come on, train yourself when someone says, be in prayer with me. Pray with them right there. Grab their hand and say, man, like waiting till, till this day is going to make my prayer more powerful. I'm going to pray right now. We're going to declare things out. Amen. Come on and stir yourself up and let God graft into your heart other believers. Let him build yourself where it's not just you, but let him graft other people with you so that you carry other people in your heart so that you can pray on their behalf. Building yourself up, stirring up the church. Declaring things in this hour. This will be what will happen in the name of Jesus. I say, well, what happens when we declare something and something else happens? So we all go through that. Man, I declared, I declared, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? Suffice to say that I've just realized in my, in my life that as that goes down, I give it back to the Lord instantly and say, God, some lessons I'll probably learn on the other side. But your word is still truth. Yeah. You're still with me. Yeah. And this will not break my resolve to declare the things of God. I will continue to speak out the word of God. Amen. 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 You don't have to figure out everything. Some things are strange. But I tell you, think about how many times the spirit of God has rose up on you and you declared something and that thing came to pass. Amen. Think about it. Amen. I'll give you one example. Years ago, many years ago. When we, were, we, 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 we had an unexpected bill come into this church, it was $5,500 for the parsonage that the church owned at that time because they hadn't paid an HOA fee in like five years. So $5,500, we got contacted by a lawyer that said pay in 24 hours or we will begin foreclosure on the house. And people don't realize this. I called a friend of mine, a legal advisor. He said HOA laws are some of the strictest laws in the United States of America that an HOA can foreclose on a home for $100. I was like, seriously? He's like, oh, yeah, it'll be quick, too. So you got to pay it. Well, we had like $300 in the church account. You know what I'm saying? It's like we don't have $5,500. So I'm driving, and I feel that heaviness. Come on. Feel that your mind. What does your mind do? Boy, one problem leads to three problems, leads to seven problems, leads to telling yourself that you, you blah, 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 and before long, my gosh, you don't even remember what the original problem was. You know what I'm talking about. It unravels quickly. That's why I'm saying you got to learn to develop your spirit, man, to speak things out right at the start. Don't even let yourself go through the mental trauma of trying to figure out the enemy's agenda. Forget it. I'll tell you his agenda. It means nothing to me right now. Because the Lord is on my side and this thing will break. So I went through that mental thing and then I wound up just speaking out from my spirit with me and Steve. And I was like, Steve, send the check. Now you better, you better believe. Write the check and send the check. There's $300 in the account. Write it. We write the check, we send the check. Well, days go by. You know, with no call, no, no message, no threatening email. No lawyers involved. Days turn to weeks. Weeks turn to a month. Finally, we get a sheepish call from the legal battle, uh, the team coming against the HOAs of the house. And they said, look, we know that you gave us the check. Um, it's, we're just really kind of embarrassed about this, but we actually lost the check. <laughs> we are so sorry for the inconvenience that it has cost you. Inconvenience. Would you mind taking a few hundred dollars off just for your, your trauma and then writing us another check and bringing it up here and then we'll just go ahead and call it completed. By this time, we had all the money in the bank account. No problem. Just don't ever let it happen again. 
You know who you're dealing with here? One other day, we're fasting for 40 days. When you fast for 40 days, you actually expect breakthrough. Otherwise, you're just a glutton for punishment. Some people are fasting all the time. I'm just, I'm fasting. I, I actually developed, in my own life, I fast every day between meals. Every, every day I'm fasting. From the time I eat till the next time I eat, I'm fasting. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes three, four, five, sometimes up to seven hours. I live a fasted lifestyle. Amen. I do believe in fasting. I was fasting 40 days. Around daylight 36, we come into the church, and there used to be walls there. The wall was cracked. The whole plaster had fallen off. The, the, the door over here, there was a hallway, was crunched, so you couldn't open the door. I mean, these are signs that it's probably not a good thing to be in the building. When you have to kick open a door because the building's twisted, this is not a good sign. So I walk in, and I see the broken wall. I'm day 36 of a fast. I'm like, this is a sign. The Lord is going to break this place wide open, you know. I mean, when you're fasting 36 days, everything's a sign, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Did you see that bird? That is a sign from God, I'm telling you. You're talking, you're talking the bird that flew into Burger King? Yeah, he didn't mean Burger King, though. He meant the other place. But So I'm like, it's a sign from God. We're going to blow the walls out. Everything is going to be awesome in here. And we're going we're to get an insurance payout for millions of dollars. Trust me, call the insurance company. We call them. This is a true story. You can't even make this stuff up. A dude shows up here. We get emails from Michelle. A guy shows up, beard, with a name tag, Michelle, previously Michael, was our adjuster. And I'm like, hey, what's up? Michelle? <laughs> You can't make this stuff up. I mean, honestly, like the insurance is going to pay out. I don't know if Michelle's on our side. <laughs> I'm not necessarily flowing with revelation right now, but something tells me Michelle and us don't agree entirely. Hi, I'm Michelle. What's the problem? Well, Michelle... Lovely hair on your face. <laughs> sure enough, Michelle walks through the whole, <laughs> the whole property, does soil sam samples and stuff, comes back, and there's nothing wrong with the building. It's your fault. <laughs> okay. And so we get no payout. And so now we go to renew our insurance. Well, now we had engineering drawings, all of these things on it. Our insurance was skyrocketing. You had to pay extra, like twice the insurance rate. And I was like, Steve comes in. The insurance is going to be twice as much. I've gotten four or five, whatever quotes. It's going to be double. And man, it came right out of my spirit. No. It will not raise. It'll lower this year. In the name of Jesus, we'll pay less. And I mean, I felt it. Because I'm like, at that day 38, bro, we better get a breakthrough somewhere. <laughs> and Michelle's not giving it to us. <laughs> so sometimes you got to declare the word of the Lord. Amen. And man, supernaturally, we went from every quote, four or five quotes, double the amount from that thing, to another company came in and slashed. We paid nearly half what we had been paying for all the years previous to that because God is on your side. Amen. Binding and loosing. So the, the enemy comes in to steal, and he will steal whatever you give him an opportunity to steal. Anything that you choose to be like me with a chainsaw and say, look, I just don't have the energy to stand against, then don't complain when it's taken from you. 
But if you would rise up in this hour and realize, man, I was up for me and my house, we will cover this house. We will cover our friends. We will cover our family. And we will see the glory of God. You will have what you declare. Binding and loosing is that. The Bible says in Mark 3, 27, let me illustrate this further. Who is powerful enough to enter the house of a strong man and plunder his goods? So now we switch. Watch this. We switch from the defense. Get this. The defense is he's giving me the keys. I'm protecting what I have by declaring the hand of God over it. But now Mark is talking about who is strong enough to enter into the house of a strong man and plunder his goods. Only him that is stronger. That's you and I. That's the authority of the church. What God is saying is that you are in a volatile world. The enemy wants to keep you out of it. But I have given you the power to rise above, to bind and loose, to take the keys of the kingdom and walk into the territory that you're told not to walk into. Come on, somebody. So anywhere there's resistance, there is opportunity. Anywhere it looks like the church is shoved out is the job of the church to push its way right back in. Anywhere it looks like the, 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 the enemy is winning, it's time for the church to take the initiative and declare things out. Amen. So take it on a national level. Take it on a financial level. Take it on every level you want to take it on. But as for me and my house, stir yourself up in this hour. Do not give up on hope. Rise up a fiery hope on the inside of you and realize, man, I will declare things and I will see great things happen. Amen. Speak it out and speak it out. Amen. How many times have you said something by the Spirit of God and then been amazed how it comes to pass by how he detailed made it happen? God is on your side. And when you declare it, you don't have to tell God how to make it happen. You just got to stir yourself up and exercise the authority. The Bible says the angels of God go to and fro throughout the whole world. They'll bring it in. They're ministering servants given to the church. There's angels assigned to your life, but they're released at the moment you release your mouth and declare something. Speak it out. God's glory is not a cloud. It's the combined presence of all those who worship him. God's glory, the Bible talks about, we're the glory of the Lord. It's the, it's the church in this hour rising together in unity, showing forth the glory of God in this hour. That what the church focuses on, the church will see come to pass. The key to answer prayer 2 Corinthians 1.20, for all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. Shout yes. yes. All of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. What does this mean? It means that every promise is a resounding yes in your life. The promise of divine health, the promise of victory in your life, the promise of infilling, the promise of peace, the promise of surplus, authority, power, and dominion is yes in your life. Think about this, guys. Stir that up in your life. Say, man, I got kids running from God. Yeah, but you have authority in your life to declare over them that God's going to pull them in. Come on, somebody, and you begin to speak that thing out. Don't let yourself slip into a place of fear, worried about where they're going to make it. Let yourself stay in a place of faith, declaring they will do these things. We were just in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and we were praying with all the YWAM people. And, when, and they said, let's pray for lost loved ones to come in. Man, I, I grabbed this, this young bassist girl. She was from Boston. She was sitting there crying. She was like, yes, I got family. I'm believing for them to, to, to come into the kingdom of God. When I grabbed her, you know, your first thing you're going to do as a Christian is, man, Lord, we just thank you right now that you love them. But man, it came right out of me, like, like instantaneously, fireball right out of my mouth. Father, I declare right now that her family that is running from you, that their faith is going to go to such a level it convicts her to go deeper. I pray this out, that they will come in and they will come in on fire. And this girl was like, yeah, I mean, the power of God shaking her. What is that? It's going from, man, Lord, I just really hope that they don't die really hope that they really the devil doesn't get them to I declare that they will come and their faith will convict my faith that they will be walking power they will walk in dominion that they will sharpen me that I will look to them and realize there is more for me to accomplish it's a place of authority and power not a place of poverty and brokenness before this world God is not a man that he should lie his Bible says and he is not a human so he does not change his mind has he ever spoken and failed to act? 
Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Listen, I have received a command to bless. God is blessed and I cannot reverse it. No misfortune is in his plan for Jacob. No trouble is in his store for Israel. For the Lord their God is with them. He has been proclaimed their king. God brought them out of Egypt. For them he is as strong as a wild ox. No curse can touch Jacob. No magic has any power against Israel. For now it will be said of Jacob, what wonders God has done for Israel. These people rise up like a lioness, like a majestic lion rousing itself. They refuse to rest until they've feasted on prey, drinking the blood of the slaughter. Now who's he talking about? He's talking about Israel. Now who is this? Do you know who this is? This is Balaam. A prophet that was paid to curse Israel. He wanted to make money. He wanted to speak it out. He went to the king Balak. And he said, look, I'll do it. Give me the money. I'll curse them. But when he went to open his mouth, his mouth couldn't even lend itself to say a curse to the children of God. So it is in this hour. Every mouth that rises up to try and curse the church, the fruit of your own mouth will come upon you. You cannot touch the bride of Jesus Christ. You have no authority here. You have no authority in our lives. He tried to speak it. But how does he describe the church? When's the last time you thought of a church as someone that's victorious in battle? Someone that goes after the enemy with a resolve to say, I will take you down. Why has the church slipped into this whamby-pamby babyhood Christianity? Where every Sunday we got to be patted on the back and told us that we're going to get by. Just keep on keeping on. Trying to stir up in the heart of this church the heart of a lion. The lion doesn't wonder if it's going to get a meal. The lion just picks out which meal it's going to eat. Do you get that? Come on, somebody. The world is yours. All power and dominion has been given unto you. Rise up in this hour. Forget the lies of hell. Forget the, the, the doubt of this world. It has no place in the church of Jesus Christ. Resolve to realize we don't win on a logical standpoint. Do you do you. But as for me and my house, we will do him and the word of God. And we will have every promise that has ever been written. And you will see that every hand that rises up against the church in this hour will regret the day they ever tried to touch the bride of Jesus Christ. That every time they try and open their mouth and speak a curse over the children of God, they will eat the fruit of their own mouth. That when my God prophesied in his word that the, the end times there will be a transference of wealth into the hands of God's people. For Ecclesiastes says, those who continue to sin must turn their wealth over to those who are pleasing to God. That hour is upon us. That day is upon us. Get ready, world. Get ready, world. Because you're about to see a side of the church that you haven't seen before. We don't need lights. We don't need smoke machines. We don't even need microphones. Because we have the power of God on our side. And when we vocalize what we will see, we will have it in the name of Jesus. God wouldn't even allow Balaam to utter a curse. But yet people in this day and age have lost the fear of God. To the point where they are not afraid of the church at all. They threaten the church and tell the church to shut down, stop singing, don't do this, close your doors, you're not essential. Think about that. That man is ordering that because they have lost the fear of God. The Bible says when judgment is delayed, the fear of the Lord is lost in the land. We see a generation that is not afraid of God. They're more afraid of losing the government's help than they are of God. But maybe that, and I, I know this is pushing it. I'm going to push it, and I'm not trying to push it. But just read the New Testament. In the New Testament, under the covenant of grace, is when a person fell dead in a church service for lying. Do you get that? That's under the covenant of grace. That's a brand new creation walking upright, full with the Spirit, lies in a church service and falls over his dead. And then his wife comes in three hours later. First of all, that's just an indication that that's a good church right there. Amen. Yeah. Modern day church, she wouldn't have died because they would have been over with already. 
That one's a freebie. Amen. But think about the intensity. And the Bible says that they were people were so afraid. I love the King James Version. They durst not join them. Have you ever even seen the word durst ever? Like even in the Bible, I don't see it anywhere else in the Bible. But right there, durst just really works. You know what I'm saying? Like she, she did what? She died? I durst not go in there. <laughs> like that was definitely, that was, a new word needed to be created in that moment. I durst not. I mean, that's like where the Southerns came from right there. I durst not, man. I ain't going up in there. It's like the Southern theology of like you can cuss anywhere except for the house of the Lord. You know, I was raised in that generation like this is the, this is the house of the Lord. You watch your mouth. He can't hear you in the parking lot, but he hears you in there. Lightning will strike you in there, but out here I can be a total heathen. How dumb can you get and still breathe, you know? People durst not join them because of the fear of the Lord. I guess, like I said, I'm pushing the envelope, but I guess I'm saying to the church, please, I think it's the hour to stop being on the defense. What has that ever gained us? Was the whole apologetics, try and defend the gospel, ever gotten anybody? When has anybody ever been won out on a logical standpoint from this debate? When has anybody ever, it's like when they came and they, they came against Jesus and they were upset because they're in prison, John the Baptist, and he's like, look, man, I mean, is it really you or should we wait for another one? Jesus didn't say, well, you know, back in, you know, 236 B.C., Isaiah said, this and then remember I came from there and I was Galilean but also came up from Egypt he didn't go through a logical basis Jesus said go back and tell John what you see and hear that blind eyes are opening that deaf ears are hearing that the kingdom of God is advancing and dead people are coming back so it wasn't a logical debate it was just the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing in this hour because I am the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Go and tell him that the kingdom is on a move. It's time to be on the move. Amen? It's time to advance. God, stretch forth our tent pegs. Open our vision to see bigger. May small thinking be eradicated from our thoughts, God. May everything that we've been on the defense about turn to the offense in the name of Jesus. May we stop trying to hedge our positions and may we start taking new positions in the mighty name of Jesus. May every promise of God that you have spoken over this generation, may the fulfillment of it come to pass, God. May the glory of heaven be in the river Claremont. May every person that calls this place home experience the power and the presence of God to take them to another level, God. And may every one of our family members that is not serving God right now, we pray Lord, send in the laborers. We're talking a mighty harvest of souls. Surround them in all directions. May their boss be a believer. May their co-worker be a believer. May their best friend get radically set on fire. Surround them with it, God. We declare it in the name of Jesus. We will not run from the fight. We are running to the fight in Jesus' name. Devil, you have stirred up a hornet's nest in the church in this hour. You tried to break our resolve. You tried to threaten us. You tried to make us afraid. You tried to take our income. You tried to take our health. You tried to take everything. But in this hour, everything you've tried to take and everything you've stolen, we're going to pull it out of your hands and we're going to see the glory of God in the name of Jesus. For every one of our friends you took in this last two years, we're going to wreak havoc on the kingdom of darkness and pull in more souls into the kingdom. Jesus. What's the key to walking in authority? John 15, 7 says, If you remain in me, God said, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. That's the key right there. If you remain in me, I will not saddle up with the world. I will not saddle up with science. I will not saddle up with deception, with deceiving, with lies, with brokenness. I will saddle up with Jesus Christ. I will remain in my family where I belong. If you count yourself as that, then you're at the right place. Amen. But it's time to remind the enemy that we are not afraid. 
And we are full of faith. We're full of power. And we will see the goodness of God in this land one more time. Amen. Stand to your feet today. We're going to close and then closing. I'm just going to ask you to stir yourself up if you would. Please, church, in this moment, I just feel the anointing of God. Open your mouth and begin to declare out the word of God. Declare it over this nation. Declare it over your family. Come on, open your mouth and speak things out. What area of life have you had the most resistance in? Come on, what area has the enemy held you back the most in? What has cost you the most trauma? What has cost you the most pain? And from that place, you realize, no. Now, today, today it turns in the name of Jesus. Today, my greatest fight is turning to my greatest victory. I declare it so in Jesus' name. Come on, stir it up, church. Stir it up, church. Stir it up, church. This is our finest hour. Thanks for listening to the River Claremont Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in seeing lives touched and changed by the love and power of Jesus, you can give online at www.riverclaremont.com. Your prayers and financial support are changing lives.